0: Hey there, welcome back to another episode of MVP Business, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion to showcase leaders who live through and drive profits, growth, and loyalty. Today's guest is Melvin So. Melvin coaches Asia's top speakers, trainers, marketers, and salespeople to achieve business breakthroughs of higher profits and more free Time. He has uh, really coached them into amazing results, and I'm really excited to have Melvin here with us today. So, thank you so much for being here.
1: I'm uh, very excited to be here. You know, it's uh, it's early in the morning right now, but you know, I said I was going to do this, and I'm very happy to be here with you on your podcast. You do fantastic work,
0: Thank you, and thanks for the flexibility of time. Um, so let's start off with that foundation of knowledge about you, Melvin. What is it that brought you to this place of coaching um, and being kind of at the top of your game already? I mean, you have so much further to go, but you're doing such a great job. What brought you here?
1: Steph, It's a fantastic question, actually. So my name is Melvin, and actually I run a company called Enlightened Profits. So, you know, Enlightened Profits here, we work with uh, Asia's top speakers, marketers, and stuff, but kind of a funny story, you know. Uh, so, Steph, I was a little bit of a rebel when I was growing up, you know. Uh, I did very well in school, but I often got into trouble, which was very confusing for the disciplined master, because I was both the uh, most problematic kid, but also the smartest kid. So, you can't quite exactly expel the smartest kid, you know. <laughs> but then I was there, and he was like, alright, cool, this is a bit confusing. Because m- most of the time, the kids that get in trouble are not doing well at school. And the mm. guy- kids that do well in school don't get in trouble. But I was a little bit of both. So, it was like, he was a- I both got the best award and also the most problematic uh, they've had So, so it's an interesting time. I was a rebel when I was growing up. And the thing about being a rebel is, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew what I didn't want, which was to follow school rules and all that kind of stuff. You know, so, uh, so at age 20, we have a compulsory military service here. So after uh, age 20, served two years in the military, I, I left and I said, you know what? I do not want to go to college. Now, I take a year of this and I said sit to myself, I didn't want to do it. Why? I was in a business college and I had a professor who was teaching and I thought to myself, professor, has never started a business before. Why am I listening to this guy? You know, it's kind of like taking driving from a person that doesn't drive or swimming from a person that doesn't swim. I thought to myself, guy has no idea what the hell he's talking about. So I said, quick. At the point of time, you must understand, Steph, I was also reading a lot of biographies. You know, there are people like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. Here's, here's what you get. You know, when you read the biography but don't read it in full, you, you, you read it and you seem to mess around in the garage. They tinker around six months later, a year later. They become a millionaire. So I thought, myself, you know what, I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm going to quit because you know what? All rich people don't go to college. So <laughs> I'm going <gonna quit. laughs> to quit. You know, that's the no. answer. answer uh, it's to quit college and to start my own thing. Uh, unfortunately, never. Uh, I probably should have finished reading the biography because I'm quite sure there's much more to life there than quitting college. You know? So I, I, I missed the section about sales about leadership, about team, about product, about everything. You know, I just quit and I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to go into business. Uh, so I started sorry, something with my buddy at that point in time. For the first three months, we got warm leads. You know, every time you start a business, you get friends and family and want to support uh, you. know, uh, sometimes they have no idea what you're doing, but they just want support Because it's kind of cute. You know, it's that you're okay. But that runs out pretty quick. You know, after three months, you're like, all right, cool, it's <laughs> done with fam- friends and family. I need to get some real leads. Except I have no idea how. I don't know how they advertise. I said, "Oh, market. You know, and, and there was a the beginning of a lot of struggle. And, uh, when some when people say they struggle, you know, some people say they, they don't have a job and they struggle for a maybe six months, maybe a year is a hard. I, I struggled for three, four, five, six, seven, close to eight years. I made eight hundred bucks a month. I sat on my parents' couch. I started business after business, affiliate marketing, internet marketing, network marketing, all sorts of stuff, marketing agency, whatever I could think of. And I never made more than about eight hundred bucks a month. And it was a very tough time. You know, Singapore is a very expensive country. It was kind of like Japan, maybe even in the States, right? So 800 bucks a month was uh, enough to eat one meal a day. Hard time. It was a lot starving. You know, uh, <laughs> it was a really lot starving, and uh, and and it was not fun. You no, know, it was uh, it, it wasn't until I met uh, my mentor. You uh, know, if you have heard of Tony Robbins before and Robert Kiyosaki before, uh, they they all have a mentor, and his name is Marshall Thurber. Marshall Thurber is a creator of a program called Money and You. That was when Tony attended. Uh, Kiyosaki attended half acre blessingers all these people attended. Uh, and man, Marshall mentored all of them. So I, I didn't even know Marshall was live. I went to Melbourne. Uh, uh, I asked him to be my mentor. I didn't have the money, uh, but I found the money. Uh, he mentored me for one year, and during that one year, I took my income from eight hundred to ten thousand per month. You know, uh, so I, I mean, wow, transformational. Uh, I wasn't thinking so much about the money. I was thinking that I could finally eat more than one meal a day. <laughs> no, no,
0: I can have more yes, than noodles. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, you know it was more than ramen noodles and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So, and 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 I never, I, I never look back. Uh, you know, I'm to grow the business. I even brought Marshall to Asia. Marshall hadn't been to Asia for thirty plus years since uh, Edward Deming uh, and Japan. That was in probably 1970s or 1980s. I brought my mentor to Asia. Uh, in those three years, when I brought him to Asia, made millions of dollars. You know, I, I'm very good at promoting. I learned a lot of things on, on the streets. You tend to learn by heartaches and mistakes. You know, so, uh, so, I, so. I, so I, After we did that, uh, then I went on to help a lot of other people grow their businesses. I realized there was a system, and I'll talk about it in just a bit. I realized there was a system to stand up, a system to sell. I never learned about this, you know. People tell me they don't learn it in college either. And and the funny thing is, if you ask me if I would change anything, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything, because all that I know and do today is a result of those years of struggle.
2: You needed hungry.
1: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. You know, people talk about hunger. Mine was a different kind of hunger. If you get what I mean, it wasn't like hunger for success or like, nah, I'm hungry man. You know, so a- everything I teach and share with people today is not theory. It, not we, this, this industry is kind of, kind of funny. Uh, when I coach marketers, when I coach a lot of people, uh, this industry is kind of funny. People buy an e-course, they study it a bit, they recycle the information. i don't recycle any information because all, all the stuff I teach is, uh, is live from the streets. You know? uh, I have done hundreds and hundreds of presentations. This entire COVID period, in the last five to six months, I've done hundreds of webinars. That means I get on and sell virtually every single day. And that's when I'm not coaching people to do the same. So uh, the lessons I share are real life are practical. In the last six months, I've made more than $5 million in terms of webinars. And, and and that's real. My clients have made just as much. And that's the space that we come from uh, to share some of the stuff that uh, you know I love to share with your listeners. Absolutely. Wow. that That's
0: so much. I so many questions. My first question, you said you didn't have the money, but you found the money to get your mentor. Um, Two questions on that. How did you find the money? Where did it come from? And from from couch to mentor, how did you know that it was so important to get that money to get you from A to B or A to X, it feels like?
1: (laughs) Okay, that's a fantastic question. So number one, how do you find the money? Very simple when you're sick and tired or struggle. <laughs> so, so I had to borrow money. I had to borrow from my parents. I had to borrow from, from my girlfriend. At that point of time, it is not pleasant to borrow money from your, from your mom or your girlfriend. Two people you probably should not borrow money from. But at that point of time, you, you know, Steph, I spent seven years struggling. You know, I always share with people why, why they should get a coach. The only reason to get a coach is because there are only two ways to learn stuff. One is called mistake and another is called mentor. Mistake means I decide. For example, let's take driving a car. You know, we can learn by mistake or mentor? Mentor means getting a driving instructor or you say, oh man, I need to pay. Uh, okay, you can learn by mistake. It's called crashing. Now crashing is expensive. You might lose the car, lose your life, lose a limb. Uh, and here's the thing. The thing about mistake is a lot of people say there's a short way and a long way. That's not true. When you learn by mistake, there's no promise you even learn anything. You know, Steph, I spent seven years, I don't think I learned much. <laughs> I learned what not to do, but I didn't even find a way. When you are lost and confused, you lost and confused just because you lost and confused doesn't mean you make sure you get it You still stay lost and confused you know so the only so but unfortunately some people choose to do that they choose to could be because of ego could be because of culture could be a variety of reasons could be because you know they're too prideful to say hey you know what? i have no idea what to do can somebody teach me uh, but they choose to learn by mistake and here's the thing seven years later you meet them you're still the same person but the day you choose to humble yourself and find a coach and say hey you know what Regardless of age, right, some of the young folks coming up, great on social media, they're probably much younger than me and so much younger than you. So. But all I say is, hey, man, you seem to know what you're doing. Is it okay if you teach me how, how to do it? You know. And the moment you have that level of humility uh, and you find the right person, your amount of progress can accelerate really, really quickly. Because, you know, they've made the same mistakes and then they teach you how to you know, not do that. You know, so and, and if we do that for swimming, right, none of us throw our kids in the pool and say, you know what, just going to figure it out. <laughs> Hopefully you'll survive. No, then we have a bunch of dead kids. And that's exactly what happened because they wouldn't hurt. You know, if we get an instructor for swimming, an instructor for driving, an instructor for karate, what, what's the for business when we're supposed to feed our families mean, the way we make a difference? You know, so, 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 well, I did not learn it until seven years later. Because I was kind of cocky at the start. So, so I was like, i will go to figure this shit out myself. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> so now, in every area of my life, even for fitness, I say, you know what? Heck it. I'm just going to get somebody much better. I'll shut up. I'll listen, and mm-hmm. they'll coach me. So that's my philosophy.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the important thing on that is um, the the humble side of it. So just because you invest in a coach doesn't mean that you're automatically going to get to that you know ten million dollar mark or you know whatever your goal is. You have to be willing to listen and to change and to try new things and to get out of yeah. your comfort zone. 100%. Uh, yeah. So, and, and I, you know, I talked to a lot of coaches here on this podcast and, and in general, I never had a mentor or a podcast or a um, coach until I started my business. And I thought, well, I don't have a partner. I just need someone to talk to and, you know, bounce ideas off of. And I didn't realize how transformative it is through every aspect of my life to be able to say, you know, get this out of my head and you tell me what, you know, where I am, what, what am I missing? And what are the, what are the next steps? And I also realized that, like you're saying, you know, you, you can have a a coach for, um, for fitness or for health. Well, the same thing with business, you can have a coach for sales. You can have a coach for, um, you know, all of your different levels of business. It's not just a business coach. You yep. know, you can also have you know a coach that is more of a like get out of your head mental yep. game coach, which is my coach because <laughs> I'm always you know talking myself into circles. But um, but yeah, when COVID hit, I was like, okay, well, I need more than just this mental coach. I need someone who's going to help me look at sales strategies and like help me see what the gaps are and what I'm missing from a strategic side. Yep. And you know, you're kind of always looking at all those different angles. Yep. So um, let's go back a little bit. When you were living on your your parents' couch, trying all these businesses, um, was there was there anything that you were just doing for passion? What when you went to get a mentor, you, they have to agree to mentor you. So what did they see in you besides the pocket full of cash uh, yeah. to give to them? And what is it that you told them you needed?
1: I, I think let's, let's unpack, right? So what exactly were some of the issues that, uh, that I had uh, you know, back then? And what exactly did I say to Marshall and, and many other folks uh, in order to get them to mentor me? So, so let's look at some of the mistakes. Now, now that I look back, right? the first thing is I teach uh, folks a method known as the X-Factor Method. You know, the X-Factor Method implies that right now in every single industry, in the there are tons of people doing the same thing. And unless we can articulate a message and offer a proposition, a positioning that is way different, unique than anything else, our people are just going to gloss us over and they're not going to pay us attention. Or even if they pay us attention, they're going to judge us based on our appearance or based on our price. That is a just real appeal. You know, it's pretty it's simple. If, uh, if there were five shops here selling fish and chips and we couldn't tell the difference, we just find the one that's cheapest or maybe the one with the cute guy or the cute girl. That's kind of it. <laughs> you know, that's called physical appearance and that's got price. That's it. No, but if one stood out they one connected with us, then we would go automatically over there. At that point of time, I didn't learn any of this. I just thought, you know, just because I put some, something out, people are just going to find me. Uh, and unfortunately, they didn't. You know, I, I didn't understand market research, standing out, you know, uh, copywriting, sales, you know, even hard sell, uh, either webinar over the phone, etc. So these are crucial skills that we can speak about later. Uh, and, and I think just uh, a lot of ideas and extra proven stuff that work there, so, and, and teams and, and all that stuff. Right? So I, I basically made every mistake The The only thing I had was grit and determination, and sometimes that's enough to get you going. Probably was enough to make me just a little bit of money uh, to survive until I met Marshall. So what exactly did I say to Marshall? Well, it was uh, it was what he gathered from me. You know, uh, when when you are, you have a certain look in your eye (laughs) that implies you're not going to leave here with a no. (laughs) So I was like, no, 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 we're going to figure this shit out. (laughs) Okay, uh, I flew all the way to Melbourne, so I get some. So, uh, I flew on my last time you know, paid for this class, and I'm like, I'm not leaving this place without a yes, okay. So how 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 are we gonna make this work? It wasn't like, are we? Is it okay? No, no. no. How are we gonna make this work? <laughs> so, what does it take? You know. So I think that was one thing that impressed Marshall. Uh, if you heard of uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Ma- Marshall was the one that took uh, Ben Cohen or Ben and Jerry's ice cream from his uh, kitchen in Vermont all the way to a billion dollars, right, a billionaire. And I think Marshall recognizes hungry. That was what I think he saw in me. Uh, he hadn't been in Asia for a long time. Probably was the uh, first Asian he had seen in a long time. But uh, but he was like, man, there's, there's something interesting about this guy. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And, and that was that. So uh, I think he was impressed with, with, with the hunger, the participation. And, uh, I, I, I was there to play. Well, you know, I, I think sometimes we all hold back. Uh, folks at the class some of them were looking for direction, looking for clarity. I was, I was looking for answers. And I was like, I'm going to get my answers because I repaid my last time here. I'm not leaving this place with confusion. <laughs> I am going to get everything I want. Uh, because uh, I was like, I'm not going to go go back there uh, and take another one year or this kind of uh, one year apprenticeship. So, so that was uh, the space I came from. So I think that was a thing that was impressive. I think a lot of folks think that successful people do not want to share and that successful people hope secrets back. I find that to be highly untrue having coached some clients who are seven or eight figures and worked with some people who are listed companies, CEOs and stuff. I find that successful people are very generous. But they're very generous only if they feel you're very serious. Mm-hmm. Because they do not want to waste their time.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I think they want to share. But if they, if they don't get the sense that you are a player, if they don't get a sense that you are dedicated and driven, they don't want to. Do if they get the sense you're a dabbler, they're like, yeah, it's not worth my time. There's too many things to do. But if they get the chance that you're dead serious. You'll turn out that then uh, you will find them very generous and want to help. Them. So success likes success, yeah. and uh, and you know there's a there's a saying, game recognizes game. <laughs> so so when they get a sense that you're serious, they're like, I like this guy. Let's uh, let's figure this out something
0: So what was your your business or your business model when you went to him?
1: Uh, my my. Let's talk about why my business model failed. Uh, why why it was making me end up right? So the one thing that uh, that that I learned commercial, so one of the greatest things on how we create a high ticket offer. Let's talk a little bit about that, right? Why are some people making so much money, and why are some people making so little money? Apart from standing up, that's uh we were actually writing a book earlier today. It's going to be released on Amazon soon, so so I'm kind of fresh from answering some of these questions and so. Uh, so, but still, the, so the first key we need to understand is we need to stand up. Now, the one thing we need to understand is you can't stand up everybody. you can only really stand up to specific audience. We can talk about how how to stand up just a bit. After we stand out, you know, and people are interested, they raise their hand and say, please contact me. Now's the time for an offer. And I've got five elements of a great offer. You know, it's the difference between making 500 bucks and $50,000. The funny thing is, you could be doing exactly the same thing. And making 500 versus 50 grand. It's the same thing. And it's the most shocking thing ever. But one of the elements inside uh, is this of what makes a good offer versus a terrible offer is the difference between item and product versus transformation. It's like a gym trainer. For then I'll show you because the hours the gym trainer. The broke one and the rich one. So let's say a gym gym trainer, for example. A broke gym trainer is the one that sells sessions. He comes in here and sells you 20 sessions, uh, one hour each, $60 a session. Now what is the challenge here? Now you, he might make a little bit of money, he makes a thousand two hundred dollars. But what is this what is the challenge? The challenge number one is that is his time is limited. Let's suppose he works 12 hours a day, seven days a week. There's 84 sessions a year, and that you will make 60 dollars. In the money probably uh, take that times four, plus at four weeks. That is the maximum amount of money his income has a ceiling. That's not good. That's not good at all. Because immediately he knows how much he's max his max is going to. Be. That's horrible. Because that he's selling items. So here's the thing: that he's working twelve hours, day seven days a week. Probably has no life. His wife will probably want to leave him. His kids will not recognize him, and he will probably be burnt out very soon. And he's stuck. So that's a cool offer. That was what I was doing back then: selling things, item by item here's the thing is he valued a lot Seth probably not because he's selling a session now let's understand Seth people don't go to the gym because they want to work out with a trainer in the session they go to the gym because they desire a better body these two things are very different a session versus a better body are two different things this is an item this is a result and a transformation people will always pay more for transformation more than just an item that's the key remember people don't want to drill they want to hold want to even have sex they want an orgasm that's a different thing (laughs) One's a process another is a result you see Mm -hmm. so what people want is the result so here's the thing if you can design an offer that gets people the result versus just selling a bunch of shit, which is a pdf a video or some sessions if we get them the result and we design something around the result they're going to pay more So if i say say to you step in if we work together as a gym trainer in three months time you get the best body you've ever had Right, I'm going to include mindset, nutrition, all of these different things. I promise you, the best body you ever had. That is what that might be worth seven or eight grand, five or six grand. If I just say a step, if I share a good shit about your better body, uh, you want buy sessions? Okay, yeah. I have twenty sessions. Do you see? So one is very low level, One is Absolutely. very high level. And here's the funny thing: the high level offer might have lesser sessions. Mm-hmm. Hey, it might have lesser sessions. You know, uh, so <laughs> there's the thing. The final thing I want to mention about this, you know or one of the additional things I want to mention is when you sell sessions, and when you sell items, you have a disincentive to provide them with a the result. Think about it, sir. if I could get you a, if I can get you a transformation in five sessions, but they're over 60 bucks per session. I, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna stretch it out. I'm gonna mm-hmm. waste, I'm gonna drag it out. Why? I'm paid by the session. You see? So, yeah. I, I, so it's a waste of your time and my time. You know, we don't. We, 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 we are both hurting. I'm stretching it out. So what was I doing? I was selling items. Why did I change? I changed the transformation. Instantly by doing the same thing, I made about five to 10 times more money.
0: That's a really great lesson. You know, we talk about uh, in marketing, just the simplicity of feature versus benefit. What are you, what is the end result that you're trying to get people? So even if you have a product or a session, or that's, that's the way you package it. What is the benefit that you provide? And if you can sell that benefit, then you're not selling the product, you're selling the end result.
1: Absolutely critical. Yeah, so I, I've seen so many clients. That's the answer. Uh, one of the components is designing a high ticket offer. You know, uh, so if you, you see these there's a website called Fiverr. If you just want the items, there are people in the world willing to do it for five bucks. If you want them to be rich, how many five bucks jobs do you have to do, man? <laughs> you will die before you get rich. You see, that's what happens when you go product and service. It just, it's just very low level. But if you do transformation, then, then Steph is going to be unique. You're going to be special. And they're going to come to you because Steph delivers a transformation. So so that's a huge thing. You know, $5. Someone's going to write your email for five bucks. Man, you know, but then the top copywriter delivers a transformation. That's $5,000. Right. It's a huge thing. But you just get email. See, now nah, difference. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, I make a difference. So, tell us about your, your process that you keep talking about.
1: Okay, cool. So, uh, so, so one of the things that, uh, so here's a funny story. When we first brought Marshall to, uh, to Asia, uh, he was a mentor to the office, we brought him here, And it was a very competitive industry, business workshops, etc. cetera. Now, at that point in time, he didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a brand, didn't have a list. And he was a man who had never been to Asia for 30 plus years. So, uh, and a highly competitive industry man, that was not a good combination. Right? So, what, what we had to do is, it, is I realized something very, very early on. I used to be the chief copywriter at Success Resources. They bring in uh, you know, a folks uh, all, all around the world and do big seminars. I used to stand at the back of a hall and watch as speakers went on stage and did their best to sell. And I realized that some people can hypnotize the crowd, do amazing. They walk on stage, they walk off stage. There's a man called T Half actor. That man is by far one of the best closest you've ever seen in your life. He goes on stage, he goes off stage, you makes $1.6, $1.8 billion. How do I know? I was running the sales. I was the People threw credit cards at me. I never had so many people, so angry because I wasn't processing the cards fast enough. I was like, man, hey, relax, man. You're to charge your card for 10 grand, just relax, man. So there are 180 people in life. You know? wow. And
2: then some people,
1: yeah, $1.8 million in 90 minutes. Then I have some people who go on stage and do their best to sell, they can't even make $2,000 in 90 minutes. So at the start, I stood at the back, right? Back, back then, I kept thinking to myself, why are some people so successful and like, others not? I think maybe it's something to do with race, gender, height, age, and all this kind of superficial stuff. No, I realized that the ones that were very, very wealthy, the ones that could uh, stand out, they, they had something special about them. They had an X factor. There's something unique about them. I realized in every single industry, the people with an X factor are the ones that uh, they get the most money. You know, have you heard of a guy called Adam Levine?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, when his music comes on you recognize it straight away. Because his voice is distinct. That's the key. Have you heard of a guy called The Rock? Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. You see, right, he's Hollywood's highest paid actor. He's paid 70 million US dollars uh, last year, 2019. Now, some will some, some, some wonder, okay, a lot of action stars, but why is he paid so much money? Is it his muscles? Is it wrestling? There's so many wrestlers and they're broke. So many people buff people, they're broke. The Rock is something special. Right, mm-hmm. so uh, Tony Robbins, he teaches NLP. There's so many broke NLP coaches. Why, right? I mean, they may probably even teach better NLP than Tony. Yeah, does Tony make so much money? You see, the Rock, Tony, and Adam Levine all have something special. Our brains are wired to notice things that stand up. Where attention goes and energy flows, and in this case, cash follows. You know. And if we blend in and are not unique, we are glossed over. He won't cares about us? Adam Levine, what makes him special? His voice. He has a falsetto that the moment you hear it, you're like, I know who this guy is.
2: Mm-hmm. He catches
1: your attention. Doing the Rock Johnson. He stands up because of his core values and origin story. He stands for grit, determination. That kind of thing connects with people. Like you might be a girl and not wrestle or have half his muscles, but you can connect with them, you know. And uh, Tony, what makes him special? Number one, he has the firewall. His entire concert, I won't say concert, but really it's a seminar. It's like a concert, rock concert. You've never seen anything like this before. 15,000 people jumping all at once. And then every once in a while, he pulls celebrities out. You go there, you can have Wolverine walk out. Now you can call McGregor, the USC guy walk out. You can have Pitbull, you know a lot of those who he brings out, you know, this whole thing is like a spectacle. And that's far more exciting than a stiffy NLP course for five days and day. just want you to fall asleep. It's really yeah. special. Like, right? all of these things are special. So I discovered, oh my God, if we found out what made us special, we can make the money these people are making. But most of the time, we don't think we're special and we don't know how to find out what makes us special. I realized there's a process. And I want to walk everyone very quickly through the process. The first key is... Not to discover that you're special. Number one, what makes you stand out? Number one, there's nothing superficial. It's always to do with, firstly, core values. What do you believe in? Because that core values is going to resonate with other people that believe the same thing. So Mm -hmm. I love your podcast because I saw the core values. You had there: authentic leadership and a bunch of other things, mission-based. That's the thing that I resonated with. See, I didn't know you, but I read it. I was like, I like this girl. (laughs) 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 Those are core values. See, here's here's the thing we need to understand. Core values always polarize. The reason polarize, a lot of people you know, you have election time in the States. Now, and people think polarized means being obnoxious and you know, just going out there and saying something controversial. That's not true. The moment you take a stand, you are polarizing mm-hmm. The moment you, you say, for example, you know, I believe in let's say this particular stand, immediately some people are gonna agree and some people are gonna disagree. You right. see, <laughs> you know, and immediately you're polarizing. Now, here's the thing we need to understand whatever stand we take, the moment you sell a product. You are polarizing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you need to accept that. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it. And so we realize that our core values are going to appeal to our audience, our natural target audience. That's the first key. Number two, right after, so the first key is core value. Second key is vision. What is the vision you have for your clients? You see, people hire you because you're supposed to have a vision to make their lives better. Hopefully not worse. <laughs> no need to hire you. And what better differs from person to person. For me, I wish for my clients to be the absolute best in the industry, to make authentic money, ethical money that they deserve a huge amount of money. Now you must understand Steph. some of don't, don't believe in that. I want my clients to deliver great value for me. Some, some, some clients don't believe in that. Some clients just want to make fast money. And give a shit who they serve. So guess what? I'm not their guy. They go, nah, this is authentic stuff. It's not for me. Great. Leave. <laughs> yeah. see, but some people go, go upon that and go, my God, I like this guy's values. I like his vision. So I'm starting to stand out. Now, most people don't share their values and vision because they go, that's not, that's not business like We don't talk about this kind of thing. Well, that's why you are not. You know? and, and some people are afraid to share their values and vision because they are like, oh no, if oh, you don't like me. Well, no, that's good. Let's right? So values vision. Then the next one is to zero in on a natural prospect. You see, there is a challenge when you work with people and they tell you stuff like, oh, I work with entrepreneurs uh, who are uh, 30 to 60 that is like a machine gun that fires everybody that then basically i can predict your ad costs i can predict your, your webinar show up i can predict your opt-in rate i can predict your business that that is horrible i don't do that i i, I discovered an uh, entire process it takes a while but people discover their natural audience my audience is very simple my audience are elite Elite speakers, marketers, and salespeople. That's it. Three people. If you find anything you're, you don't wish to make a lot of money and be the best, I'm not your guy. You're not in any of these three occupations, I'm not your guy. Only if you want to be the very best, you're currently doing exceptionally well, or you wish to be the very best, I'm your guy. That's it. It's very clear. You see, it's very clear. In fact, I start my webinar by telling people, well, my name is Melvin. I work with these three groups of people. I work with the best. If you aspire to be the best, you are going to get along. If you don't, please leave the webinar. I say that in three minutes of starting. Most people welcome people them you either like me or you leave that leads to very high comp- webinar conversion rates by the way because I, I'm very clear about the prospect then I'm very clear about solving a specific problem and pay you see a lot of us we, we say we're coaches and we want to coach up people on every single problem uh, uh, that's not that's a Swiss Army knife Nobody pays a lot of money for Swiss Army knife you know so uh, we want I solve a specific problem I help people find high paying clients and I help them to get these high paying clients to pay them that's it Okay, I do not believe in having more clients. I believe in having better clients. There's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. For example, dating, you don't want to have a lot of dates. You want to have really good dates, <laughs> friends. You don't want to have a lot of friends, especially a lot of rubbish friends. You want to have really good friends. You see, why Why not this? Is, right? So we want to have better clients. And I only want to do that. Right? I solve a pain, then after that, I have a specific promise that I can help them with. My proof is overwhelming. When you go through my proof, you're like, my God, this guy is legit. And then I share with them a purpose. Why am I doing this beyond money? Steph, I have a lot of money. But I love doing this. It's one in the morning. I have enough money not to do this right now. But I choose to do it because everything in my life falls around mission. mission to help the very best people, share their information with more people so we can change the world. The money is what I deserve. The money is what I make. The money stays there. My my needs are simple. Uh, But at the end of the day, the money is important. But the mission is more important. So when I cover all of these things, and then people listen and go, man, i never met anyone like you. But see, there is a process. True, I might be charismatic, whatever, but there is a process. And after they go through it, they're like, I'm signing up with you. I have no idea what you're selling, but I like you. And there they go. <laughs> right? So so that's the process. I just walk you through the whole process. And here's the thing. And anyone can do it. When you slot yourself through that, you stand out in a way that is so. Here's the thing. Not everybody will find you attractive. And isn't that true? You know, you've got a dating app. Everyone's going to like you. No. Adam Levine I'm very ugly. <laughs> yeah. And it's fine. We love this market. It's okay. They're not, but they like it. <laughs> you know, so there's that.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think it's interesting. I've always wondered, and I think that the tide is changing to some extent. I've always wondered why businesses are so afraid to have their values on their sleeve. Uh, as opposed to stand up and with their values. You know, you don't have to be like mean about it. You don't have to be isolating against, just say like, this is what I'm standing for. Um, And I mentioned this one once before in the podcast, but um, I found it really compelling when I heard an agency owner say once, your message needs to repel as much as it attracts so that you can make sure it's so much easier to sell you, you know, if your message is repelling, then you don't have to bridge that gap or you don't have to service clients who are a pain in the ass because or, or like figure out how to break up with them later they break up with you. They self select and then you're just dealing with the cream of the crop of what you want to deal with people you already align with uh, and it, it sets you on such a, a better path for success.
1: Amen with that. You know, I I always talk about the the most important thing is sales. You know, we we have a lot of folks who teach sales on uh, on YouTube, right? and oftentimes the the one thing they all have in common, mostly men. <laughs> They're mostly men who are type A personalities. So it's pretty easy. You just type sales in YouTube and just find out who the first people are on the first page are. Mostly aggressive guys. And I'm not saying their methods don't work. I'm just saying most of them are not a wolf. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying most of them are not a wolf. Most of them are not uh you know uh, just a, a bulldog. Now, most people I've met, especially they've had ladies, uh, you know, not, not all of them are just going to go up there and say, you want to buy or don't want to buy? If you don't want to buy, get off. You know, let this that's a for everybody. It's aggressiveness. So, so, I find that the most important element in sales is qualification. And everything you just said, just qualification. Qualification means letting people know, hey, here's the kind of people I work with, here's a heart. For people I don't work with, who should you fit in? Here's the thing. Steph, so I'm going to share there's something very profound with you. You don't qualify people. They qualify themselves. You merely share the qualities with them. I work with this, and I don't work with this. Then you hear it, and you go, oh, I'm suitable, I'm not suitable. Here's the thing. Qualification is hand-in-hand hand with disqualification, which is just what your uh, your uh, your guest mentioned. Attraction is polar to repulsion. And if we have a list of qualification criteria, we have a list of disqualification criteria. And that's the thing that most people are lacking. I have a list of people, a list of things I want in the client and a list of things I do not want in the client. See, Steph, a long time ago, I was a copywriter to a dating coach. And it's kind of similar. <laughs> it's kind of similar. You, are, the qualities you look for in a man and the qualities you don't look for in a man. If he has any of those things on the second list, we are not going out. This is not going to work out. Why not do it for a client? You know, it's kind of simple. So, so therefore, qualification, disqualification, it becomes really clear uh, what kind of people we want. If we take the wrong, the wrong person, and we, have, we see that often in uh, young folks, who are doing it because they want to make the fast money. They just sell sell everybody. I used to work behind the scenes at a seminar company. And -hmm. just because you see a lot of people sign up, doesn't mean it's all honky (laughs) donky. I can tell you that the next day, if you sell the wrong people, the phone is flooded with refund requests. Mm -hmm. that you didn't see that, right? And
0: manipulative selling does the same thing.
1: Yes, there's no use selling 150 people. If 40 of them are gonna call tomorrow and complain and yell over the phone, then why not just get 60 solid people? Cut charges are real expensive and the
0: cost. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's the same thing with um, client retention over the long term. You know, there's there's the manipulative selling over uh, where you 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 know sign up. I've done that before. You know, I've signed up for an MLM that sounds like oh it's gonna be a millionaire overnight because these people are in a mansion and they were just living out of whatever the day before, and then sign up five hundred dollars like, and think oh my god what did I do I don't want to sell this crap to my parents and my sister and you know like yeah. all these people so you're you're your con you're immediately asking for your money back so that's manipulative selling but the other that i think so many businesses and sales don't if you don't have to service the client and you get your commission immediately then you don't have to deal with the pain in the long run of having to sell over and over and over and over again because you are not selling to the right person, they leave, there's all this, you know, lack of retention. And then your reputation is that you didn't meet their expectations. You know, so if you if you, uh, you know, put your values on your sleeve, and you, uh, you sell to the right people in a, like you said, self selection on both sides kind of way, then that reputation of Yes, we aligned. Yes, we got along. Yes, they uh, gave me the results that I expected. Now they're going to tell people about it.
1: Yeah, that is absolutely a very accurate way of selling, where you just hit everyone over the head with a hammer. Works if you treat them as a customer. There's a difference between a client and a customer. Mm-hmm. A customer is a one night stand. You're not going to see them again, so it's fine. You know, I I get it. I would do it, but I get it. why. You know, if I'm not going to see you again, then okay, fine. You know, maybe I might do things I. Like I mean, it's okay. You know. It's not okay for me, but I kind of get A client you're going to see tomorrow. And ideally, here's a trick question of course when does a client cancel? And the answer is do your job well? Never. It's like when does a marriage end? Well, ideally, if you do your job well, never. You see? So you're going to see this person over and over again. You feed them ethically, find the right person, and yada, yada, yada. So the, the thinking of short term, you just take everybody's money, is a customer thinking. It is a thinking that leads to a crash. Business. A uh-huh. client thinking, where well, it might be a little bit slower at the start, once you do it proper, leads to an exponential growth. And that's, that's something that I've been. Like. And here's the thing, the final thing, Steph, right? about why people choose a short term. It's the impatience. Mm-hmm. Because they're too eager to get the money. Mm-hmm. But why do you need so much money so fast? Because they're bought into the idea that they want to have the money to do all the fancy, fancy stuff. You see, So they want to grab it real quick. I want to have the booze, I want to have the girls, I want to have the guy, I want to have the plane, I want to have the car, all these things. I'll do whatever it takes. In this case, whatever it takes is unethical. It leads to problems. these leads to bad rap. And then no more business. Now you're only like 28, you know, 30, the whole internet knows that you're a scammer. It's not good. Then you are. Then now, it's not good. It's not
0: good. So uh, what? In your ongoing conversations, you have this process and you get them started, you get this mindset and their values. What is it that um, helps your clients to, to stay on track and keep going and, and keep that success? Or you as well. Are there um, resources, processes, mindsets? Um, what do you What do you talk about beyond the first set of conversations?
1: Awesome. So how exactly do you coach people? That is a interesting question. The way to coach people is, uh, first and foremost, is to un- understand what makes a person transform. A long time ago, I used to work at, a, uh, at a, you know, as part of many things I've done, <laughs> I used to work at one of these uh, summer camp companies. Uh, Actually, it's quite famous in the States. It's called Super Camp. It's an accelerated learning uh, at the company. And basically, for seven days, you go there. Tony Robbins was one of the trainers back in the day. So you go in there and you transform people. So what makes a person transform? And here's what most coaches are doing wrong the number one thing that most coaches are doing wrong is they believe a skill set is the only thing a person needs in order to change. That's not true. You see, skill set is one of the things that you need in order to change. But it's not the only thing. How often times do we know what to do or we don't do? <laughs> Probably a lot of the time. You know, we know we should uh, not drink so much booze. We know we should wake up earlier and exercise. We know. <laughs> you know, But we don't do it. Why? You know, how? that? We live in the information age and yet people are unhappy it broke. It's like long time ago you could say, I don't know, but now it's like you have Google. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you yeah, like so happened. you know,
1: but you're not doing it. So you realize that skills is not is one of the components. What critical when you coach people is to build on the mental and the emotional. So emphasize what that it means and give the give the listeners about practical tips. First of all, I need to teach you a skill. Number two, I need you to believe that you can use the skill. If I teach you a skill and your brain goes, I don't this works for me. You're never going to use it. It's going to be stored and the back of your, your mind. So I need to simultaneously work on the skill and the fact that I, that I show you how to use it because it's called implementation. I need you to believe that you can use it. I need you, I need to sell you on the fact that it works for you. right? Because the day you believe it works for you, you're actually going to do it. If you only hear about skill set, your brain goes, well, I work for someone else. I work for Melvin. I work for his clients. My dad's work for me. right? And then you will use it. It's great notes. It's shelf development, not self-development. Shelf development. Remember, people buy seminars, they put it on the shelf, right? So uh, that, that's not good. You, have, you need the information. You need to know how to apply it because sometimes it's theoretical. But the step-by-step is critical. One, two, three, four, five. Then you need the person to have the urgency, the desire, the belief that this will work for them. Then the last thing you need is accountability. You say you want to do it, right? Show me you want to do it. Mm-hmm. When you have all these components, four components, Real change happens. So I repeat a skill set. I can't make sense. Then how do I do it? Because the day we break down the skill, you know, the problem with most e-courses is they teach you skills. It sounds good. But then how do you do it? Right? I know I should do just this. Just the for, I know. How? Where do I click? How do I make it happen? How do I set it up? If you lack that, you will not do it. Without the how, you will not do it. Then after the how, then you need to actually believe as you're doing it, you need to have that belief that and this will work for me, because if you don't have that belief, you won't do it. You're like, not sure. Now think about it, and then you. will. Then the final thing is accountability. Why? The slack off, staff. They say they're gonna do shit, but they don't do shit because at the start, the, the mind is wired not to change. Right. So at the, at the start, the mind doesn't want to do uncomfortable stuff. You know, it affects the self image. You suck at it. You're not sure whether it will work. it's Too much stuff. So. The mind doesn't want to do it. The only reason you do it is because somebody holds you accountable. Someone says, hey, you say you want to do it, right? Where is it? And you're like, let's do it. Appease this person. But after a while, the more you do it, the more you get results, the more it is integral, to a part of you. Then now you do it on your own. Mm -hmm. These are the elements that I have within the coaching program, which is what makes folks succeed. Not so much the skill set. I think that most coaches believe that it's only skills. They're missing the equation. The skill and the knowledge itself is a five to 10%, 10% of it. the execution of it and the sustained execution of it is the 90%. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day who was saying that um, that successful businesses uh, over the long-term realize that um, you know they, they think that innovation is the, the name of the game, but really innovation is 10 to 20% and it's the consistent perfection uh, or focus on doing it right and consistently, that is the is what is going to really keep you successful over the long term. And yet, it's hard to um, keep yourself motivated and hold yourself accountable over, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years of doing, you know, the same or similar thing. And you think like, as the leader, I need to innovate. Well, as a leader, you need to make sure that you're doing it well, better, well, better. And you can innovate a little bit over time but it's really the focus on making sure that you're getting it done, you're holding yourself accountable and that you're, um, you're looking at how to perfect it over time.
1: Yeah, uh, execution is not, it's not easy. And that's where the game is lost. The game is not lost in ideas. The game is lost in execution. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we believe in, we have a lot of ideas. You know. How many times do we meet a person with a bright idea? Very often. How many times do we meet a person who actually does something with a bright idea? Very rarely.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the
1: game. Won and lost in execution, not in ideas.
0: Yeah, and also being, um, well, I I like, so being brave enough to to jump out and do it and find the skills, figure out the skills or, or figure out the mentor that, you know, needs to hold you accountable. But I like that you also said that you have to believe in yourself, that it has to start there. If you don't believe, you can, you can do it. Like you believe it can be done. But do you believe you can do it?
1: Then, you see, right there, you caught it. Two very different things. You believe it can be done by somebody else. Very different than I believe I can do it. Which is why at the end of the day, the more I coach people, the more I start going back. Steph, it's uh, really interesting. The more I start going back, are working on things that have nothing to do with business. Would you ever be? Productivity. And here's the thing, even deeper self-love. You see, Steph, the number of people I've had over the last couple of months, or two or three months, right? Because my clients are making a lot of money. But here's the thing, step I'll share something interesting. The number of people I've had who call me and said, "Hey, Mel, I'm making way more money than I ever had before. What do I do with this money?" I used to think, "Hey, isn't you know that a fantasy? They make your six figure, seven figures, go out there and do what the heck do you want to do." I'm like, "I have no idea what to do with this. How do I prevent myself from self sabotage? <laughs> how, how do I reconcile with the fact that I've an extra couple of zeros or one zero behind my bank account, man?" I have no idea how to deal with this. Then, Steph, you know what I realized? Self image isn't in game. You see, believe all these funnels, advertising, ads, copywriting, right? Believe that, you know, believe even the business strategy, we're dealing with a human. And a human, if they have a lot of issues, money's going to disappear. Mm. You see, Steph, I was sharing with my clients today, it's everything to do with self image. And what is self image? The way you feel about yourself. Steph, do you love yourself? That's critical. You see, it's kind of weird, right? This is always marketing and business coaching. What are we talking about? Self love. If you don't love yourself, you're going to blow the money. You see, when people, why do people blow money? Because they don't feel good. If they don't feel good, they do shopping therapy. Why do you need therapy? Because I don't feel good. <laughs> why, why do you go out there? You know, guys, sometimes you go on a drinking thing, you go to the club, you know, blow home. Why do they do that? Because they don't feel good. Why do they don't feel good? Because there's something fundamentally wrong inside. Therefore, the money comes and sabotages. They self sabotage. So, self-love is critical. If people have issues with themselves, with their childhood, with self-esteem, with their parents, they need to fix it. You know, I, I'm not always the guy with that, but I can see it because I had to struggle with those things myself. And that holds people back. The deep psychological issues we don't want to confront holds people back. You make money, then you find a way to blow the money because you don't feel do you deserve the money. But the day we fix it, and we are like, you know, I'm worthy of self-love, I'm enough, I have abundance in my life, uh, you know, I, I, I love who I am, I deserve it value to people's lives. When you feel good about yourself, you charge higher and you keep the money. Right? <laughs> it's a huge thing. Steph, a lot of people teach high to get closer. But no one teaches high value being. Very yeah. different. You see, the inner, the outer never escapes the inner. We have too many people there teaching how to sell to any. Real quick. Real quick, you want to charge a hundred grand. Then the person pays and they realize, hey man, this guy's a little fishy, a little dodgy, man, he's got issues. They ask for their money back. The inner, the outer never escapes the inner. So simultaneously, see everyone wants to learn high ticket closing. But no one wants to learn high value being it. It's side by side. You want you want to charge a million dollars? You better be that million dollar person. You know, you want to charge a hundred grand a year, you better be the hundred grand person. So I've uh, ceaselessly. So I know why I made eight hundred dollars. I'll say eight hundred dollars per <laughs> What know. do you
0: do to work on yourself, ceaselessly
1: A lot of things. Right? I, I here, here in Asia, you know, uh, we have a very unique way of parenting. Might be a little different than the states. You know, here in Asia, we, uh, states, you know, parents are like, oh man, I'm so proud of you. Here, we, we parents don't, don't say that. You know? it's, a, it's a different way of parenting. You know, there's a positive affirmation and negative affirmation. You know, I could motivate Steph by saying, oh Steph. See you do better. All I could say is, "Step, step, you suck." You know, that uh, is horrible. Get, get, get your shit together. You know, here Future, we, we do the second. <laughs> we do the second. We tell the kid from a young age that they suck, in the hope that they were not arrogant and go and do a better job. Now, now the challenge is the kid does do a better job, but grows up rather damaged <laughs> because they're told there from a young age. So, uh, so we we have a lot of people walking up with them you know, because of the parenting stuff. Right? Uh, so that was something I had to fix. I had issues with, with my parents because I didn't like the way they treated me. I was a little rebellious so they caused a lot of problems. I had uh, issues with rebelliousness, with money, uh, with value, with self-esteem, with the way I felt with society. I was angry. You see, all of these things seem like they have nothing to do with business. Anger and wealth don't go together, man. <laughs> Hating your mom and your dad don't equals wealth, man. You find a way to, you know, not loving yourself equals doing dumb shit with money, man. You know, so all, all these worse, things, right?
0: Uh, the self-sabotage just gets worse. It just, is amplified the more money you have. Yes,
1: right? And that's why you, that's why you see in Hollywood. People make a lot of money and kill themselves and they don't like themselves. You know, so, uh, so those are the of the issues I have things. You know, I worked with coaches. I did a lot of work. Uh, I was open to it. I was open to confront, change the story I have and all of these different things, you know. And of course, the humility comes in. That's one of the things we spoke about at the start where I was like, you know what? This is important. A lot of people want to cover it up because they don't want to dive into the deep, dark, uh, uncomfortable places. You know, there things that happened in your childhood. And you're like, nah, just like the ethic is just, uh, I don't want to go up there. Hey man, you might find some power there. You might find clear out the trash. There. Uh, you might you know, make the house stink less. <laughs> you know, fix some fundamental issues. You know, uh, the courage to confront some of these issues are critical. Every time you confront a deep, fundamental issue, you make more money. That's just the reality. Because you clear some shit out. So it clears up. Out, there's more space for good stuff there. So uh, I think it's a ceaseless thing uh, that you know I embark on, I have culture. that will work on mindset wise on a regular basis because so, so I, I I know what happens when you don't get this right.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's so many wonderful things that you said there. Um, yeah, and I think there's you know in in different societies, uh, it's getting a lot more acceptable, but it's, it was always thought of as a weakness to go get therapy. Now in our society, it's gotten a lot more acceptable, but a lot of people don't realize that, um, there is an element of therapy in business coaching. Like you're saying, like you have to get your mind right, understand your worth, move through and past your self-doubt. Just because Bill Gates is a, you know, has more money than anybody can dream of or Jeff Bezos or whatever, doesn't mean they don't have self-doubt. It doesn't mean they don't have their own problems. It means they figured out how to work through it or around it. Um, and probably with, with the help of coaches, but everybody has their baggage. Everybody has their parent issues. Everybody has their relationship issues, but, uh, but you bring that all into your business. You bring it all. Like you said, there is no outer without the inner there's no inner without the outer and that includes everything you surround yourself with and there's another quote um you know you are uh who you who you are you spend you you are the culmination of the five people that you spend your most time with Um, and what i realized uh recently is that that includes podcasts that includes Um, you know, YouTube videos or TV shows or whatever it is, because it's those voices, those messages, those feelings that you are consuming on a regular basis. And then just like you are what you eat, you are the messages you consume. And then your body is built from those things. And you have the ability to rebuild and to start new, start fresh. Like just because you were obese doesn't mean you have to be that way forever. Just because you were damaged as a child doesn't mean you have to be that way forever. I mean, look at Tony Robbins as an example, you know, he just, didn't, you know, he took years for him to come out and say that his mother was abusive. But then once he did, he realized that was the best thing he could do for his clients, for his, you know, his, the people that he works with, because then they could say, oh, you are damaged too, but you are not broken. Forever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that is very important. I think the day we can understand the interconnectivity of things. Uh, as opposed to the isolated separation of things. Right? We, uh, sometimes in society, you know, we are taught to be rational. Say, you know, hey, don't bring your personal life and your business together. Uh, how are you not going to do that? Right? I mean, how, how are you going to separate these two things? You had a quarrel with your husband last night. You slept one hour. you got to bring that into your business. Trust me. You know, you had, a, you had the best time. You had a romantic time. Your, your kids love you. Your husband loves you. You've got to bring that joy and the smile over to your business. How, how, how are you going to separate the two? You know, so that, that philosophy, that thinking that is like, hey, you know what, better separate this too, doesn't work. Nobody can do that. You know, we aren't a machine. I guess that's what makes us different than computer. For a computer you can. You can have a separate operating system on the computer. You're like, well, I can have a windows and a back on the same operating system. <laughs> you know, but, but human doesn't. Uh-uh, you know, you, you can do that. You can try, you can suppress it, but you will leak up You know, often uncomfortable break down, yelling at people. You know. So so you you cannot. So so having working on the inner is really, really critical. You know, I think that's what is missing in this whole thing, in, in this whole game of marketing and coaching, etc. Here's here's one element I think would be very useful, Stephanie. Right? A coach needs to be confident. critical. If there's one element that makes a good coach, it's not the ability yourself. You know, I can teach that all day long, you know, I have a whole system there. I can when I get on webinars, just people are buying. But here's the thing the reason they're buying has less to do with stuff that i say the system you know this nlp hypnotic commands or this kind of stuff no it's because they they feel that this guy is solid there's the congruence the most important element in a sale in a coaching is congruence congruence is when the person gets a sense that this person is not full of (laughs) this person actually lives this thing you don't have to be perfect but you have to believe in what you do and you have to actually live what you do it's very simple we wouldn't go and hire a fat gym trainer because if the guy's so good he will be fit himself you know it's kind of congruent. You have financial advisors who sell you plans ask them this next time step did you buy it
2: mm-hmm. watch
1: as they shut up oh so good huh? did you buy it? oh they oh oh so you didn't buy it, but you want me to buy it. oh okay i see what's going on you see so the first key a coach needs to have is a coach if a coach does not have a coach He should not be selling coaching. (laughs) Just simple as that. You know, it's kind of crazy. Simple. A coach should be spending time servicing the clients and also getting coaching and working on himself because that's what he asks his clients to do. A coach should be just as serious about his own coaching as he's telling the clients to be. Because if he's slack, he will reflect. His clients will be slack too. And you'll wonder why. Because it's a mirror. You see? So every time my clients behave in some strange ways, I don't go, man, what the hell is wrong with these people? I start thinking, do I exhibit these behaviors? Maybe I do. <laughs> you see, it's kind of interesting, right? I fix me, then mysteriously, they fix that themselves. You know, there's something to do with me. I think that, that ownership, that understanding, is what is going to transform this entire business. It's going to transform the business. When people stop going, I want to fix these people. Then they start going, I think I need to fix myself. Maybe it helps. help. What's <laughs> the type of <laughs> So I think that's, uh, that's something that's very lacking, but very critical this uh mm-hmm.
0: yes and understanding the humanity in all of business that there are there is productivity for the concept of an employee being an asset or you know like you said there, it's not a robot it's not a computer you know people are going home and having arguments or you know uh you know having not slept it because they have a new baby or whatever, uh, and they're bringing that to their work and vice versa. And so when you see someone slacking at, at their job, you don't say, you know, like, reboot. <laughs> you can't do that. So to have the conversation to say, what, what is this? And what am I doing? You know, how how can I set you up for success or what's happening in your life? And how can we kind of you know, move this forward, there's, there's also that, um, that element of being a leader or having your business that, um, I think needs to be, um, have some attention as well. You know, having a sales meeting and standing at the front of the room and saying, have you all met your quotas? Tell me about it. (laughs) It's not the best way to motivate your team or figure out how to close those gaps to, to close the sale.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, uh, so there, there, needs to be a lot of evolution uh, in in the way people run businesses. Uh, there, there are so many things that sounded good, you know, the, uh, the garden gecko, wolf, uh, wolf of Wall Street, Wall Street back then, you know, that kind of uh, machismo. Uh, there was a time for 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 that. Now's not the time for that. You know, people, yelling, flipping the table. Uh, you know, uh, I'm the boss. Shut up. Listen to me. Uh, there might be have been a time for for, for that. Uh, that works very badly you now you just end up on uh, the Huffington Post <laughs> or the New York Times or you end up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not a good idea. You know, so so that seems to be the way the world is uh, evolving. And, uh, and, and you know, if we want to be relevant to salespeople, entrepreneurs and uh, leaders, that is something we need to evolve also. And, and just, it just feels better. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that good to go in and go and you every single day. It's just it's not good for the heart.
0: <laughs> right. It's not good for for anybody. So we're we're coming up on an hour. Just about it's been an awesome conversation. Is there anything that you would um, say is like just critical advice that you would want to kind of pass on, or any last words or thoughts um, that you want to share with our listeners?
1: I think for all the folks that that are listening, uh, the most important thing is. As you grow in the area of sales, uh, you know, so one of the things I teach you, of course, is X-Factor. It gets people to come in. Uh, if, if you do the marketing and you stand out, and you know, do all the fancy, fancy stuff, you're going to make a lot of money. Uh, people are going to pay attention to you. That's one half of the equation. Uh, that's the outer part. The inner part is very important. Delivery is very important. Being a congruent person is very important. Adding real value is very important. Ensuring and caring about your success is very important. You cannot have one half without the other. We have an industry right now that's overwhelmingly focused on one of the halves. Getting people coming, getting their money, very, very light on delivery, caring, congruence, transformation. Do they actually benefit? We churn people. We don't transform people. That's not good. Uh, that is going to lead to a breakdown. Uh, it is a person who goes to the gym and only works on his upper body but never on his legs. He's going to fall <laughs> some point of the time. Yeah. That is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So, we understand that instinctively, but way too few people do that, uh, which is to balance out both, both sides. So, uh, if I have any advice for, every, for anyone who listening, uh, please, work, yes, work on the marketing, work on the sales, but work on the delivery, work on yourself, work on the congruence, work on caring for your clients. This way, then uh, you have a sustainable, not just a profitable, a sustainable business. Maybe 2020, 2030, 20, 20, 40, you business, still making money. Uh, and one day when all this comes to an end, it's a wonderful journey called life. And uh, knowing you made a lot of money, is cool, but you made a lot of difference. It made a lot of impact. I think that's more satisfying.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a wonderful place to, to end the conversation. Um, focus on that, make a difference. Yes, you make a lot of money. Yes. But are you enjoying it? And are you enjoying the people that are around you are you spreading love and joy with that? And what is the difference that you make in this world?
1: Yeah. Thank you, Steph, for having me on. And uh, hopefully, uh, if anyone listens and likes it, always uh, Google on, uh, oh, type Melvin Saw on Facebook. You can come and follow me. At, they have to add me. I love to connect with folks. And uh, you can drop me a PM on that, but they enjoy. Talking to this. Uh, I promise you I'll reply. I'm not the, I'm not the arrogant to reply to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Steph. Thanks for the opportunity uh, to share some of these thoughts and I hope this uh, makes a difference to folks that probably provide that missing link that some of them might not have gotten some of the information out. Thank you so much for the chance.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for all your time and insight. It was wonderful.